Hello, podcast listeners. This is your host, Lindsay Beaton, and I'm jumping in to ask a quick favor. I've launched an audience survey for Trending Pet Food, and I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on the podcast now that we're nearly 50 episodes in. You can find the survey at www.petfoodindustry.com forward slash podcast dash survey. And there's also a QR code floating around on the podcast Instagram at Trending Pet Food Podcast, as well as on LinkedIn. The survey will be active through the end of August. And if you could take just five minutes or so, I promise I took the survey myself to make sure to provide your insights, it would mean a lot for the future of the show. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. We want to thank AFB International for sponsoring this podcast. AFB is the premier supplier of palatins to pet food companies worldwide, offering off-the-shelf and custom solutions that make pet food, treats, and supplements taste great. Hello and welcome to Trending Pet Food, the industry podcast where we cover all the latest hot topics and trends in pet food. I'm your host and editor of Pet Food Industry Magazine, Lindsay Beaton, and I'm here today with Michael Meyer, CEO of pet food company I and Love and You. Hi, Michael, and welcome. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having us today. Michael Meyer is a veteran leader in the pet category, bringing extensive executive leadership experience and a proven track record of delivering significant growth across a wide range of consumer companies and innovative brands. He is currently an operating partner at L. Catterton and has served on the boards of several pet food brands, including I and Love and You, Lily's Kitchen, and Just Food for Dogs. Previously, he was president of Wellness Pet Foods, one of the first natural pet food brands in the U.S., chief financial and operating officer of organic baby food brand Plum Organics, and chief administrative officer of Restoration Hardware, a leading purveyor of luxury home furnishings. Based in Boulder, Colorado, USA, I and Love and You creates a variety of meals and snacks made with quality meat and vegetables that contain zero fillers, preservatives, or artificial junk, or as they say, nothing weird. The fast-growing brand delivers to both dogs and cats equally and can be found at brick-and-mortar retailers nationwide as well as online. Michael's industry experience, as well as I and Love and You's equal focus on the cat space in addition to the dog space, is why I've brought him on today to answer this question. What do today's cat food and treat trends look like in the larger pet food market? Now, Michael, I want to start off with a higher level question, and then we can dive into all the specifics of the cat food space. Overall, what do you think the cat food and treat space looks like right now? Lizzie, that's a really good question because I think it really depends on the market that we're looking at. The pet specialty market, which is where we all affectionately buy pet food historically, which is your corner pet food store, has been very focused on what we call ultra premium, high quality food. Back when I was president of Wellness Pet Food, we were the first natural brand of pet food in that sector. Brian Loving You, we believe in making our products accessible to the consumer. And so therefore, we offer our products in the grocery store. Very different environment. So when you go down to the grocery store, what you see is a lot of large conventional brands and very little what we call the ultra premium brands. So when you look at the environment, if you go down an aisle, especially on the cat side, you see a sea of cans. And that's really the cat aisle. If you go to the other side of the aisle and look at the dog aisle, you'll see a little more variety because the industry has been focused on dog. So you'll see wet foods, you'll see dry foods, you'll see treats, you see different forms and formats. But on the cat side, very little. In fact, for the food, drug, and mass market, the percentage of ultra premium for dog is 25%. 
For cat, it's only 8%. So it's a really underserved segment. And cats are our best friends, just like our dogs, right? And that's where we're, at least I am loving you, is focused on, on that part of the industry. Why do you think that is? Especially in the premium, super premium, ultra premium spaces, the price points are a known barrier to entry for some consumers, but cat is more accessible because it's a smaller animal. It doesn't eat as much as say a large dog would, and you can work your price point a little better. So why are premium or super premium brands not taking advantage of being able to put themselves in the shelves in the grocery space and not price out the average grocery consumer? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. I think historically, again, the channels of distribution have been very distinct. So if you had an offer in your independent pet specialty, which is, again, your corner store, the barriers to entry to go into grocery were very large, both in terms of the relationships with the independent retailer, as well as it's tough to get into the the grocery shelf. Think about it. It's very limited space. There are different cost structures. And so it's very difficult. So there's been basically barriers to entry. Are the barriers to entry similar for cat food and dog food? Are you guys in the grocery space for both sides? And did you find one easier than the other? Or is it pretty much the same? Yeah, the barriers are the same. We are actually on both sides of the aisle, so to speak. In fact, our consumers have a higher percentage of multi-pet households. So the industry generally is about 22% of the consumers have both dog and cat. And we have 35%. So right out of the gate, we very focused on having a broad array of products, both dog and cat essentially on a 50-50 basis. Coming back to the batteries to entry, it's the same, whether it's a dog or a cat in that particular channel. And I know you guys are all over the place and your products can be found in a lot of different places. What are some of the opportunities right now for the cat space? And then what are some of the innovations either from I Am Loving You or even from somewhere else or the industry at large that you're really excited about in the cat space right now? I think the opportunities are probably threefold. One is to elevate the cat experience. Again, it's been long relegated to a can on a shelf. And so to elevate that experience, meaning bringing variety and taste and function to the aisle. The second is to deepen the relationship with your pet. Food is a love language, (laughs) right? Just think about us. We cook, we have dinners, we share That eating experience is all about love, right? And so if we can deepen that relationship with our best friend, that's where all the excitement is. And I think the third piece is convenience, bringing food and treats in convenient ways. So both, again, taste, variety, packaging formats, and convenience in terms of shopping experience. Our philosophy is that our consumers should be able to go and buy food where they want to, Versus where a brand has to tell them they have to go buy, right? It's a very important nuance. And that convenience is super relevant. I want to talk a little bit more about the relationship aspect between a cat owner and their cat, because I feel like cats get a bad rap for being standoffish. And that hasn't been my experience with my two cats. And it hasn't been my experience with my parents' two cats and a lot of other cats I've met. But they still don't have a lot of the opportunities that dogs do. People take dogs for walks. They take them hiking. They play fetch. They have all these toys. Do you think that food has the opportunity to play an even bigger role between cat owners and their pets because 
there aren't the same normalized opportunities for cats and their owners to interact? Is it more of a mealtime situation or a treating situation or both? Where does food sit in that relationship building component? Yes, I think, you know, again, it's both food and treat for sure. So you talk occasions. There's so many occasions to interact with. Again, we call our pets our best friends, like our plus ones, our significant others, much more than our child. And there's a number of occasions where we can interact and build that relationship. So it's definitely at feeding time, right? And that feeding time, again, it's not just opening up a can and putting it on the floor. It's providing variety in terms of a wet food and a dry food or a topper. We have two innovations we've just brought to market. One is called Feed Meow, and the other one's called Treat Meow. So we have fun with our names. Feed Meow is a full and balanced diet of shreds, protein, either chicken or fish, in a chicken or fish broth, in a flexible pouch. So a little small pouch you could put in your bag, you could put in your back pocket, and we're providing that convenience for the pet owner. And then we have Treat Meow, which is a narrow tube of same thing, protein and hydration, but it's an interactive treat. So you're sitting on the couch and your cat is on the top of the couch and you have this little tube and you feed and you interact with your cat. What a beautiful experience to be sitting on the couch, interacting with the cat, providing nutrition in a super convenient, clean packaging format. So again, it's really about deepening that relationship and that one-on-one experience. I want to dive more into pet owners, since we're already talking about them. Beyond the relationship building, what do you think cat owners are looking for these days in their cat food and treat products? And do you feel like it's changed over the last several years? Yeah, it definitely has changed. I think historically, we've looked at a couple studies. Historically, it was always based on taste. And again, that's why you see that sea of cans down the aisle. But it's also now taste, health, and wellness. Consumers are really looking at how do we eat as an individual, as a human, with much more focused on healthy diets, whole ingredients. And so that human trend is now moving to our best friend trend. And so what we see is taste, absolutely, has to taste good, but bringing that health benefits, bringing function, so food with function, so things like pre and probiotics for digestion, pumpkin for a healthy tummy, Omega-3s or 6s for healthy skin and coat. So that's where we see the trends going, much more human-like experiences. I love being able to pick the brain of somebody who's equally in the cat and the dog food space because I like to hear about the comparisons. In terms of palatability, the growth in the need for functional formulations and functional treats, are there any challenges that have come up that didn't exist before these trends became so big? Any changes you've had to make in the focus of your formulas or the way that things are made or just what you highlight? Well, I think from the focus of the formulas, again, we're always thinking about the human trends. And so with that, we have to think about sourcing ingredients. We try to source sustainable ingredients as much as we can or non-GMO So it brings us closer to the human food supply versus the traditional pet food supply. And so we just have to be very aware of that and develop those relationships with those ingredient suppliers, which traditionally the pet food industry has not had those relationships. There have been a lot of things going on that have 
presented some challenges for the pet food industry overall that it hasn't had to deal with to such an extent in quite some time. Various economic challenges, obviously, coming out of the pandemic. What are some of the other challenges or the overall challenges in the cat food and treat space right now? It's similar again to the human food. We're all facing inflation. It's really unbelievable, the level of inflation. And what we've seen, what I've seen throughout the industry, so back in wellness pet food days or the other brands you mentioned that I've been associated with, the consumer who's focused on health and wellness is very focused. And so the continuation uh, of the feeding continues, but where pocketbooks or wallets are constrained with inflation, what we've seen is people, especially on a multi-pet household, leaning more towards multi-packs, buying in bulk. And we've specifically architected our products so that we have what we call variety packs, a little more affordable price points so that the consumers can still feel good about providing the very best for their best friends. We've also, especially because of the multi-pet household, we've extended a promotional discount for those multi-pet households who are buying dog and cat food. So again, to do where we can to help facilitate that. That's very interesting. I like that a lot. It speaks of meeting the customer where they're at. You obviously don't want to lose a customer, but if they're looking at their bank statement going, we really are to the point where we need to cut down on stuff. Sometimes food is the only way, even though studies have shown and surveys have shown that pet owners are incredibly resistant to backing off their pet's favorite food and things like that. Have you seen a shift in the mix of where your customers are buying the food? Are you seeing any growth or contraction in the grocery space or in the premium space? What does your mix look like historically in terms of where your customers are buying online versus physical space? And then what's it doing right now? As I mentioned before, we believe in accessibility. So the accessibility is both, again, dog and cat and variety, but also accessibility in terms of where you can buy a product. So our products are offered in grocery stores. Think Albertsons, Safeway, Kroger, Publix. In the natural foods sector, in terms of Sprouts, Markets, online, Amazon and Chewy, our own DTC site, and now in Walmart. By providing that accessibility, we're providing that choice for the consumer. And obviously, each of those markets have a little different price points given their channels of distribution. We do see consumers buying more online, interestingly enough. And I think that's, again, because they can have access to a full portfolio versus in a store, obviously, is limited to what's on shelf. And we're also seeing consumers go to Walmart. And I think that's a function of, again, access as well as price. With the growth of online shopping and online communication between companies and consumers, how do you get involved with your cat owners to make sure you're providing what they are looking for and helping to maintain that loyalty and even grow it at a time when people might be looking at the bottom line and might be more prone to being willing to switch brands for a price point? We speak to our consumers every day. Every day. We're a socially or digitally led brand. So you'll find us on Instagram. You'll find us on Facebook. We're even on TikTok now. My 15-year-old twins, and one day my daughter came in, she's like, Dad, I just saw you on TikTok. <laughs> well, I love you. I just saw I love you on TikTok. By reaching out socially, we also have a feedback mechanism where consumers can talk to us. 
So they can also reach us, obviously, via email. And there is where we build the relationships. That's where we have the insights in terms of what the consumer is looking for, what their challenges are. And we're always feeding that back into our innovation cycles. It's really about communication. What have you found that your customers want to communicate about? Is it about their pets? Is it about the formulations? What kind of questions do they ask you? And then how do you handle that kind of stuff? I think it's a few things. One is it's experiential. People love to share the experiences, again, with their best friends. And so, you know, they'll write or they'll email or send videos. So we have a lot of what's called user-generated content, sharing how they interact with their pets and how their pets love the food. We have a very inquisitive consumer base, so they want to know what's in the food. So they trust us as a brand to provide the very best, but they want to know what type of proteins, what type of carbs, what type of vitamins and minerals, where does the function come in and how does that help? And so we are there. We have a consumer affairs email and phone where people can either write or talk to us. Those are a lot of the questions that they have. With everything that has been going on in the growth of the pet food industry over the last several years with more omni-channel purchasing, with consumers getting more savvy about asking the right questions, like you said, your customers like to, and being able to find information. Where do you see the cat space five years from now? Is it current trends that are going to keep on going? Do you think anything new is on the horizon? What does everybody need to be taking advantage of to stay on top of the cat food space? I think five years from now, you'll see a a more robust offering for cats, very much like dogs. It's all about equality, right? There's diversity and equality here, right? Diversity in terms of the animal and equality in terms of the offering. That's where it's going. There's no doubt in my mind. That's where it has to go. And I think five years from now, we'll look back and say, well, how silly was that, that the cat wasn't served the same way the dog was served? Michael, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me today. I still believe cats don't get nearly enough love overall in the pet space, maybe because I own two myself. So I'm always happy to talk segment trends and hear about what's going on in the space. Before we go, let's do a little plug. Where can people find more information about you as well as I and Loving You? I think there's obviously we are very social in this world and there's three places. First and foremost, Instagram. So I and Loving You Pet. We are online every day in and out interacting with our consumers. Obviously the website, ilypet.com. And you'll see a full array of products for both dog and cats there. And obviously on LinkedIn from an individual perspective. Perfect. That is it for this episode of Trending Pet Food. You can find us on PetFoodIndustry.com, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at Trending Pet Food Podcast. And if you want to chat or have any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to drop me an email, podcast at PetFoodIndustry.com. And of course, thanks again to our sponsor, AFB International, the premier supplier of palatins to pet food companies worldwide, offering off-the-shelf and custom solutions that make pet food, treats, and supplements taste great. Once again, I'm Lindsay Beaton, your host and editor of Pet Food Industry Magazine, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in.